Well, good morning again. Uh, um, so I wanted to update a couple things on my study I'm going to lead in Lent. It's on Wednesdays, starting not this Wednesday, but following Wednesday. It's March 4th, I think, uh, 6.30, 7.30. Apparently, I'm going to have to figure out a way to make it structured and deeper, because I wasn't really planning on that. I was going to be laid back and pretty surfaced, but um, just kidding. Um, we're also going to try something new. We're, uh, I know many of you travel and have conflicts, or if you don't travel, you're just life happens, and getting someplace at a certain time just is not always easy. So we're going to try something for the first time and use technology for good, and uh, we're going to try doing a Zoom call into our study. So if you're at home, if you're traveling, if you, you know, life happens and kids happen and you can't be here at 6.30 on Wednesday, we'll be doing a Zoom call and you can join in. And the information for that will be in the e-news and we'll probably send out some special information about that digitally. So you can click and you're, you can be there with us on your phone or on your, uh, your tablet or on your laptop as well. And uh, we're going to try that technology out and see how we might be able to expand it for other studies and classes for those who have a hard time being here during the week. And uh, also Wednesday, before you go to Bloomingdale Prez, remember Bloomingdale Prez is where we're having Ash Wednesday services at 7 p.m. You'll be able to go and get your ashes to go at from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. at Starbucks. So uh, join Tracy and myself outside at Starbucks. You can come and on your way to work if you want to get your ashes before you go. You can come to Starbucks and, you know, you might be able to pick up a cup of coffee if you want to as well. And we'll be there uh, 6 to 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning for Ashes to Go. Again, you'll see that online as well. All right. So today is Transfiguration Sunday. It's, it's always the Sunday before we start the Lenten season, the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. And we remember Jesus being transfigured, transformed on this mountain. And uh, it's always in this same spot. And it's a reminder of us, for us, before we enter into the Lenten season of the divinity of Christ. That, that Jesus was, was more than a man who taught and, and came and led disciples. That Jesus was both fully human and fully divine. And that's what we remember on this special Sunday of Transfiguration Sunday. And the image of the mountaintop for us is, is important because much of our, our lives, we measure much of our lives by mountaintops, right? I mean, we can, we can remember graduations and starts of new jobs, weddings, births of children and grandchildren, funeral, uh, uh, promotions, and, and maybe some mountaintop experiences might not have been, sometimes they're, they're monumental things that have happened, that may even have a negative connotation at some times. Remember, the life of a great matriarch or patriarch that had a great life can be a mountaintop experience at times as well. But we, we measure much of our lives by these mountaintops. And today is a mountaintop experience for Jesus and some of the disciples as well. We, we can mark and measure our lives from one mountaintop to another but we can't stay up here always. You have to eventually come down into the valleys. But when we think about life on the mountaintop, 
It's the in-between season of mountaintops, the valleys of life that also measure our lives. And that's what we're hearing about today is a mountaintop experience for Jesus and some of the disciples. This is found, this version is found in Matthew's Gospel, starting in the 17th chapter, the first verse. Hear the word of the Lord. Six days later, James, or Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured. He was transformed before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear and awe. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this inner circle of Jesus' tribe, Peter and James and John, Jesus leads them up this mountain. We're not exactly sure which mountain. Tradition tells us that it's Mount Tabor in, uh, in Galilee. And they get up on this mountain, and, and Jesus is transformed. Jesus is transfigured in some way. His, his face begins to shine as bright as the sun, and, and his clothes turn as dazzling as white lights. It's a, it's a big deal mountain top. And then suddenly, on this mountain with Jesus, Moses and Elijah appear, and they're talking to Jesus. I've always wondered when they're talking to Jesus, like, what are they talking about? Are they just doing like the movie acting thing? Okay, you guys need to look like you're talking in the background and just make up some stuff. Or I wonder if they're like Jesus going like, guys, I have these 12 disciples and they're just not getting it yet. I mean, what can I do? And Moses goes, well, I don't know, because I had hundreds of thousands of people leading me out of Egypt and, and they weren't listening to me either. But then Elijah jumps in and he goes, well, no one ever followed me. They just wanted to chase me and, and try to kill me. Oh, I wonder what they're talking about on this mountain. Moses representing the law and, and Elijah representing the prophets. And now Jesus with them representing the fulfillment of the law and the prophets together. This newness that's coming. It's a big deal mountaintop. And Peter, good old Peter, interrupts them. We can always count on Peter for doing something like this. He wants to stay on the mountaintop. We all like to stay on the mountaintop, right? You can see the better view. Things are good. We always want to stay on our mountaintop experience. We always want to remember that. We, like Peter, Peter wants to build some dwellings, some monuments, some shelters, the memorials, we all like to build those memorials in our lives, either literally or, or uh, figuratively. 
And Peter wants to stay there in that moment, that big deal, mountaintop moment. But God interrupts. And here comes God in this cloud. I kind of wonder what it sounded like. What did, what did it smell like? This cloud that envelops all of them. And he says, this is my son, the beloved. In him, I'm, in him, I'm well pleased. Listen to him. We heard this back at Jesus' baptism. In many of the gospel versions, the same thing happens. This is my son, the beloved, and I'm, I'm well pleased in him. But God adds this second part. He adds, listen to him. It's almost like God has been watching this whole time and go, okay, we're 16 chapters into the gospel, guys. You're not really listening yet. So listen to him. And my Bible even has an exclamation point after that. It's a big deal, mountaintop experience, that God is joining them on this mountaintop. And, and Peter, James, and John, they fall down in awe and fear at this big deal mountaintop. But this is just one mountaintop of Jesus' life. We can sort of trace Jesus' life through the mountaintop experience. I think there's six of them for me. And they're on the screen there. You have Jesus' birth. That was a big deal, mountaintop. Some of these actually happen on mountains too. And then his baptism that we've talked about recently. And, and now this transfiguration on Mount Tabor and his death on the hill in Calvary. And in, in several weeks, we'll be talking about his ascension back into heaven and, and then the resurrection before that. These are, these are big deal mountaintop experiences in Jesus' life and in our remembrance of Jesus' life. But, but after every mountaintop, Jesus moves into a valley. After every mountaintop, we have to move into a valley. If, if we didn't, if we just move from mountaintop to mountaintop, what would that be? A plateau. We move from mountaintop into the valley, to another mountaintop, and into a valley. We don't move from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop. There's no growth, there's no change, there's no good in mountaintop all the time. So we move from mountaintop to valley to mountaintop. And it's in these, these valleys, it's in these valleys where Jesus flees to Egypt with his family to avoid being murdered when Herod goes on his rampage. It's where Jesus grows in wisdom and knowledge and favor among God and people, according to Luke 2.52. It's where Jesus is tempted, calls disciples, leads, teaches, performs miracles, heals, experiences conflict with the religious leaders, convinces his disciples that he is divine, He's beaten and arrested and tried and jailed and crucified and spends three days in a tomb. That happens in Jesus' valleys. You know, in some, some valleys, some valleys are, are lush, green, amazing, fertile times. I remember when I traveled to, to Israel, it was amazing 
the Shephelah, yeah, is are these, these lush green valleys on the western side of Jerusalem. Just green and well-watered and, and fertile. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then there's other places where, where the valleys are dry and dirty and difficult. And sometimes we have these valleys. The, the Valley of Elah is a lush, green, beautiful valley. And one of the scripture stories we hear about that is the battle between David and Goliath. So you have this lush, beautiful valley, and then you have this great, famous battle that occurs there. So some valleys are lush and green, others are dry and dirty and difficult battles, but either way, they're often a time of growth and learning and communing with God healing, resting, recuperating, or as in this Lenten season, preparing. We move from mountaintop to mountaintop through the valleys. And it's in the valleys that we we find out more about ourselves. We just spent three weeks in the Beatitudes, and I think it's in the valleys where we find out more about ourselves. We find out about how we are poor in spirit and how we depend on God. We, we find out about if we are those who are mourning and meekness. We find out if we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness truly. We find out and grow to be merciful, to be pure in heart, to, to be peacemakers. It's in that valley where we find out more about ourselves by looking deeply into ourselves. And it's in those valleys also that we we find out more about God, God's love, God's compassion, God's caring, God's healing. It's in those valley experiences where we learn about ourselves and we learn about God. You see, it's, it's, on, it's on the mountaintop. We get, we get a glimpse of the kingdom of God on the mountaintops. But its path is through the valleys. Hear that again. We, we get a glimpse of the kingdom of God on the mountaintops. But its path is through the valleys. We can't get to the kingdom of God, to the mountaintop of the kingdom of God, without going down through the valley. In our scripture, we left Peter, James, and John face down on the mountain in fear and awe of what was happening, of the glory of God. And Jesus walks over and and touches them, and picks them up, and they see only Jesus. Moses and Elijah are gone. He picks them up and he tells them, don't be afraid. And then he leads them down the mountain into the valley. He touches them, he picks them up, 
don't be afraid. Let's go down into the valley. So as we enter this Lenten season, let's respond to the touch of Jesus, the affirmation of don't be afraid, and let's go with Jesus down into the valley. And it's pretty interesting what happens when Jesus arrives in the valley with the disciples. There's crowds of people waiting for him. People waiting to be healed. People waiting to learn from him. People waiting for him to touch their lives and their relationships so they can grow closer to one another and closer to him. There's people in the valley experiencing life and Jesus tells the disciples, come with me into the valley because we have to go through the valley to get to the next mountaintop. He picks them up, touches them, do not be afraid, let's go. And leads them into the valley where crowds are waiting for them. And friends, hear this. Hear this. The same Jesus that is with you on the mountaintops is with you in the valleys. Amen? Friends, will you stand as we sing our closing song together just a reminder that the altar, the kneelers are open, a great place to come and pray. Nothing worthwhile will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence
as we leave worship today, I'll, I'll be back at the, the table in front of the sound booth if you're new and love to meet you and put a face with name and we've got a gift for you. And Friends, as we enter this Lenten season, let's, uh, let's be willing and courageous to take Jesus' hand, go down the mountain and into the valley. As we prepare our hearts and our minds for the transformation that comes in Jesus and the transformation that comes in us as we look toward the mountaintop of Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Let's get into the valleys and grow and recoup and heal and commune with God and one another. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Oh.